Welcome or welcome back to Oswald Didn't Do It, a JFK research community podcast looking at any angle of the JFK assassination that I consider of intrigue this morning. Today's episode is Assessing LBJ and J. Edgar Hoover. And it's going to be a bit odd me giving either of those two any degree of credit. I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of J. Edgar Hoover or Lyndon Baines Johnson. But there are a number of people out in the JFK universe that think that J. Edgar Hoover and or Lyndon Baines Johnson were the doers of what happened. And I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it, even though I don't trust either one of them any further than I could have thrown them. Looking at Lyndon Baines Johnson's history as how he ran his political life, as how there's a whole bunch of skeevy stuff there, and J. Edgar Hoover had enough watch lists and all that kind of stuff, and his... I don't don't trust... I, I, I didn't... I don't look back on either with any degree of trust or any degree of respect, but as far as either of those two being... One of the people that probably in April, May, or June decided, yeah, let's do this thing. I don't see it happening. As of now, my stance is still that in about April, May, or June of 1963, three or four people, I don't know who they were, got together and said, let's do this thing. Let's do this thing for whatever reasons the three or four people decided they no no longer wanted John F. Kennedy as President of the United States. And these three or four people had enough clout, enough friends, enough friends in low places or high places, whichever way you want to look at it. And they were going to be able to contact people, give just enough information so that the people would be interested in doing their bidding for them, and these people probably also knew enough about, for instance, intelligence gathering or um, the mafia or anti-Castro Cubans or wh- whatever, or whatever. They knew what they knew. And if it boiled right down to it, they were going to be able to afford rifles, afford people who knew how to use rifles and getting it done wherever it was going to get done wasn't going to be a problem. Among those three or four people, however many people it was, could have been more, but I don't think so. I think three or four would be a good number. I don't think J. Edgar Hoover or Lyndon Baines Johnson were one of those two people. Do you think the Lyndon Baines Johnson could, I don't know, how do you say, keep his trap shut? 
about, yeah, we're going to kill the president uh, for three or four months. No, no, I don't think that would have been realistic. If he would have known something was officially up, 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 somebody would have figured it out. What you're going to want to do, if you're going to have a secret, if you're going to have a secret organization, you're going to want to keep that secret organization as small as possible. Because if there's only three or four people that know what's going on, there's only three or four people that can tell anybody. And if there's only three or four people that can tell anybody, and all three of the four people, three or all of the people involved in the small group have no interest in telling anyone, then your secret is likely, more likely to stay safe than if there's like 84 people involved in the secret. It's rather easy to keep, a, as hard as it is to keep a secret when there's only one or two people. It's even harder when there's like 17 or 37 or 491. I think there were probably three or four people that decided, Okay, he's done it now. He's done it now. We can't allow this guy to be the president anymore. So now, why am I giving Hoover and Johnson credit even remotely at all? It boils to a weekend phone call on the weekend of the assassination. On the weekend of the assassination, Johnson and Hoover had a chit-a-chat about the Lee Harvey Oswald purported trip to New Orleans, uh, to Mexico City. Someone went to Mexico City and represented themselves as Lee Harvey Oswald. The Mexico City trip is a rather important angle of the JFK assassination lore, of the Oswald lore, of all that kind of stuff, knowing what actually happened down there would be rather useful as far as figuring out what actually happened. I don't think we're going to figure that out this week. I really don't. Oswald was photographed, well, someone purporting to be Oswald was photographed and someone purporting to be Oswald was audio recorded in Mexico City. And the audio tapes have not been heard. Have not been heard. If it was a case of, if it were, if it was a case of those tapes down in Mexico City sounded exactly like the person that was talking on the television channels down in Dallas that sounded exactly like the person that was talking on the radio talk show in New Orleans the weekend that Oswald was arrested down there. If it was obviously Lee Harvey Oswald, do you think we probably wouldn't known it? We probably wouldn't known that by Tuesday. We probably would have had everything blasting everywhere saying, see, this is the guy who did it. This is the guy who did it. He was a commie. He did it. He's the guy who did it. There's no question. It would have been real easy, but we never saw, we, we never heard the audio. And the only video we have is some, I'll say dopey looking guy who looks 
15 years older than Oswald and about, oh, what, 30, 40 pounds heavier than Oswald? It wasn't him. It wasn't Oswald. That picture was not Oswald. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't in Mexico City. He could have been there. There could have been, heck, there could have been five Oswalds down there. We don't know. What we do have a rather good idea of is the video and the audio did not match up to the person that J. Edgar Hoover considered to be Oswald. Otherwise, we would have seen the videotape. We've seen the videotape. We would have heard the audio. It would have been used as leverage, as weapons. Hey, Mr. Oswald, you're saying you're a patsy. We'll explain this as they roll the video. That didn't happen. Since that didn't happen, I'm going to go on the assumption that what Johnson and Hoover talked about on the assassination weekend was accurate, that the tapes that they had at the FBI did not align with who Oswald was. So let's take a slight leap and assume that the information that Oswald in Mexico City in October was not Oswald in Dallas in November at the uh, midnight press conference getting told, yes, sir, you have been charged with shooting the president as his face goes completely into anguish. Hoover and Lyndon Johnson had a telephone conversation on, I think it was Saturday. I think it was Saturday. could have been Sunday, but I think it was Saturday. And you can't hear the phone call, but you can see the... Um, words that were used because the <laughs> in classic Nixonian form the audio disappeared we don't have the audio huh, how'd that ever happen it just went away it just disappeared um but you have Hoover and Johnson talking about the tapes of Oswald in Mexico City they're discussing, this is odd, it doesn't match up. This is odd, this is strange, it doesn't match up. Oswald there is not the Oswald that's in Dallas. The Oswald that's on the tape, the tapes, is not the Oswald that's in Dallas. If the Oswald that's on the tape and the Oswald that's in Dallas are not the same person. Not the same person. Can tell. Can tell. Who would bring that up if they were aware of what had been going on for months? Neither one of them would. Lyndon Baines Johnson if he were the mastermind of the assassination, would he bring up the, oh, by the way, 
there's obviously a Lee Harvey Oswald impersonator in Mexico City and probably a whole bunch of other places. And oh, by the way, there's a bunch of other stuff I can't really talk about because I've been the mastermind of this entire... Johnson doesn't bring that up. Neither does Hoover. Neither person has any benefit of going in-depth into Oswald in Mexico City if they've been running the show since April, May, or June. They have no reason to. There is absolutely no point in them bringing that up if they were running the show since April, May, or June. Now, perhaps, let's use Hoover for an example, if on Thursday everything was peachy keen, Friday morning everything was peachy keen, shotgun, 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 shotgun. Uh-oh, some people just found out about this Lee Harvey Oswald guy who we knew about and we've been ignoring and we've been obfuscating and all that kind of stuff. Uh, uh-oh, now all of a sudden we have a huge problem. Then, yeah, he'd be talking about the Lee Harvey Oswald in Mexico problem. Yes, he would talk about it in that instance, but if he had been the ringleader, if he had been designing the entire master plan ever since, that would not be the time he would bring it up. Same with Lyndon Baines Johnson. If he was uh, quite aware that something was going to go down, it was just at which of the um, Kennedy motorcades that he wasn't going to survive, and he knew... Johnson wouldn't be talking that way. He wouldn't be talking about how, uh-oh, we have a problem with this um, Oswald guy not being who we thought Oswald was. There would be no point in Lyndon Baines Johnson talking about the problem of Oswald and the tapes not matching up if Johnson had been the ringleader since April, May, or June. There's no reason he would talk about that. He wouldn't, he wouldn't be talking to Hoover about the, he wouldn't be. There's no way he would be talking about it. And frankly, at the very end of it all, at the very end of it all, Johnson eventually said effectively, I don't believe the Warren Commission report. If he did it. <laughs> if he knew about it the entire time, why would he even remotely disagree with the Warren Commission report? Both Hoover and Johnson were probably relatively easy to, how do you want to put it, back into a corner regarding we're going to make you do some things that maybe you don't want to do because there's some stuff that we're aware of that you don't want to get publicized? What, soft uh, soft blackmail or something like that? I don't know how you'd want to phrase it, but you know, it's a, there were enough things going on with Johnson, there were enough things going on with Hoover that they were corruptible. They were corruptible, and people knew that.
if corruptible, you can be corrupted. And the people who did decide to polish off the president in Dallas in November probably knew that if they followed certain protocols patiently, deliberately, heck, maybe even send a fake person down to Oz, down to Mexico City acting like he was Oswald. Anything, if you're going to do something major, if you're going to do something major, like cause a regime change in the United States, it's probably useful to have a number of high-ranking officials realizing we really can't do anything to admit what happened. We really can't do anything to admit what happened because then we would have blood on our hands. Whereas if we go along to play along, then we can generally get by. And once Johnson decided, once Johnson got his Warren Commission to do all of his dirty work for him, all Johnson had to do was go off and be president, which is what he wanted to do anyway. I don't have to trust Hoover or Johnson to think that they were not the ringleader, and they were not. Neither one of them were the ringleader. Neither one of them were the ringleader. Other people had more reason to see John F. Kennedy murdered than Hoover or Johnson. The people who decided this is going to be something that we are going to pot commit for four or five or six or eight, however many months it's going to take to see to it that it gets done. Talk to all the people necessary, raise the necessary funds, get the right people in the right places, have the right subordinates hired by the right um, people on site. Once you decide, once you decide this is where it's going to happen, this is when it's going to happen, there are more steps that have to be done. And you can either think that someone like LBJ planned the entire thing, or you can think that Lee Harvey Oswald ran down the steps within 90 seconds of the assassination. Or you can think, you know what, there's a coup d'etat. There's a coup d'etat, and whoever did it pulled it off very well because we're almost 60 years in, and nobody knows the names of the people who did it. Nobody knows specifically which people did it, and they did a fantastic job. They realized people like Lyndon Baines Johnson and Hoover and a whole bunch of other people were corruptible, were able to be used as pawns in a game of, yeah, let's get away, let's get away with this crime. And they did it fantastically well. You can like Hoover. You can like Johnson. Either way, either way is fine. They were not the ringleaders. They were convenient people to have, people to use, people to use. 
heck, in their own little ways, they were, no, patsy wouldn't be the right word, but they were, uh, they were used. They were used and corrupted because they were very usable and corruptible, and a whole bunch of people knew it, including the people who decided, you know what, we need a coup d'etat in the United States in 1963. They got it. And things have not been the same since. Oswald didn't do it. As far as setting everything up, neither did Hoover or Johnson. Thanks for stopping by.